Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Building Community, the podcast where we empower Asian Americans through our stories, one cup of tea at a time. Before we start today's episode, Anu and I wanted to say that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So when you're going about your days, consider finding some ways to acknowledge the contributions that AAPI folks have made throughout history. It's a really challenging time for our community right now. And so we will put some ideas on how you can celebrate in the show notes, as well as some organizations that you can donate to if you have the means to do so. And if you are part of the API community, we want to encourage you to celebrate your happiness, accomplishments, and progress, whatever that means to you. Make sure to take time to celebrate your Asian identity. So for today's episode, I realized that May marks my seventh month here in Chicago. And I find that lately I've been thinking a lot about being a transplant and the joys and challenges that come with that. And even though I love living here in Chicago so far, I will always have affection for home, which is California. And sometimes it truly is the best thing to leave your hometown and even your home state or country to discover new things about yourself. And Anu and I have both done this in ways that have benefited us. And we hope that our experiences resonate with you, whether you've already left your hometown or you're thinking about leaving your hometown. We just wanted to share our experiences about being transplants in a new land, basically. Yeah, so today's episode is all about moving. And I know it can be a really stressful event. I know that aside from marriage and uh, tragedy, that moving can be one of the most stressful events that a person can go through. But uh, it can also be super rewarding if you're, you know, doing it for the right reasons and um, you're trying to get into uh, different circumstances. So, Whitney, I, I had no idea it was seven months already that you were in Chicago. It feels like just yesterday. I know, right? Yeah, the days are long, but the months are pretty short. I think especially with COVID, like it's, I kind of feel a Groundhog Day sensation where it's like the days are, were kind of the same at first, but now that spring has popped up the city is coming more alive. And so I'm starting to see the, when people were like, oh, people are going to be outside during the spring. Like now I start to see that. But yeah, I can't believe it's been seven months already. It's, uh, I feel like it was just a week ago. I was like, I'm moving. So it's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. So it's like, it's super ironic because I lived in Michigan for 20 years and then I moved over to California and you've lived in California all your life and you've moved over to Chicago, which is pretty, you know, fairly close to Michigan. So it's like East Coast, West, West Coast switch. And um, it's just funny. <laughs> it's just funny that we found a home in different places and like started off. We found a home in like places where we both used to be. Definitely. I find that a lot of people, they they have some kind of disregard for their hometown. Like I know people who grew up in like LA and they felt that they couldn't thrive in LA anymore. And I've also heard of people who grew up here in Chicago, but they had to like move to LA or New York. I think it's just that mindset where it's like, no matter where you come from, like you can find ways to expand. And so it's, I think the thrill is in adventure and finding new things about yourself and also just finding a new pond, really. Um, what was the reason that you decided to move? Because Michigan to California, that's a huge, huge step. Yeah, it's funny because I've actually seen a lot of people in Michigan, or sorry, in California who originally came from Michigan. So I think it's a very popular move. But yeah, I was uh, 24 when I moved over here. So still, you know, fairly young in my early 20s. And I had gotten this uh, 
fellowship offer to study business at a college over here in California for grad school and to do my master's in business. So for me, it was just like a no brainer because it was a fellowship that would pay, you know, the majority of grad school. For me, that was like the golden ticket. That was like the Willy Wonka moment where he was like, here's your get out of jail free card or your escape card. Um, because yeah, the truth is I really didn't really have a great experience in Michigan. Um, I would say I didn't really feel like I fit in. And that, that experience of just growing up in a place where you don't feel like you're really yourself, like you feel like you're surviving or you're trying to get to the next step or the next day or the next year. Um, that's a very difficult uh, sensation to, I don't know, experience. And I experienced it for 20 years, uh, 20 plus years. And yeah, so when this uh, opportunity came, it was just like, it was, I was like a mob to a fire. I was just, was just like, great, I'm going to California. And it has really been life-changing. Um, so in terms of the big move, that was my underlying reason for coming over here. How about you? I think that's really cool because that's like, when you say that's the golden ticket, it's like, that's, that's kind of like a movie plot almost, right? Where it's like people will, they come from like the Midwest or another town and they get to, they get this amazing opportunity that really only comes to certain people. So I think that's amazing that you were able to find these opportunities for yourself to ultimately move to to California. I also think that's a really noble reason. My reason for moving isn't nearly as noble as as Anu's is, but still valid, still valid. Um, anyone anyone who wants to move, like that's it's valid. So I was born and raised in California. I'm 100% a California person and I lived in various parts of California. And so I grew up in Monterey and in Monterey, I've talked about Monterey so many times on the podcast. I moved to Santa Cruz for university when I was 20. And Santa Cruz has a reputation where it's it's still a very small town, but it's fairly liberal. It's got this kind of stuck in the 60s vibe. And that that's good and bad in different ways because it's great because you have these kind of vintage, kind of freeing, kind of interesting vibes because Santa Cruz is like the weed capital of the U.S. Like um, everyone loves the Beatles. Uh, people love the outdoors in Santa Cruz, hiking, kind of like simple, simple living. It's very beautiful there. But with uh, being stuck in the 60s, sometimes you have 60s kind of ideologies that aren't very helpful. Like it's very homogenized there. Like a lot of white people live there. It's um, It can be hard to make it there if you're not already wealthy. But when you're a student, it's amazing. Like when you're a student, it's great. Like UC Santa Cruz, like that was the school for me. So I was 20 when I moved there for college. And that was the first time I was able to be really out without having to sneak around my parents and everything. So I, I did that for school. I studied art. I loved it. Loved my education there. And after I graduated, because Santa Cruz was the first place where I felt like I could fully embody my true self, 
I desperately wanted to stay there. And so after I graduated, I was like, I will do everything to stay in Santa Cruz. And I did. I I saved up some money after graduation to move over to stay in Santa Cruz after living with my parents for a few months. And I lived there for seven years. And I loved it um, for the first few years. But as I transitioned from student life to adulthood, basically, it was it was hard because like Monterey, it was the only way you could really make a living was if you did service work, which I really don't like doing. And for some reason, Santa Cruz has this population where you can make a living working with pe- for people with disabilities. Like there's a lot of schools for people who have disabilities there. There's a lot of resources there. So in that way, it's really, it's really great because this population has resources and needs. But it was also hard to find other job opportunities. I also loved having access to Oakland and San Francisco, which really shaped my artwork and really helped me build a community within the Bay Area zine community. And I loved having access to that. Yeah, definitely. I think the college move is is a big move for a lot of people. And um, yeah, like you're absolutely right. Like you don't you don't have to have this like huge reason for moving. Um, sometimes it can just be that you sort of outgrew the place, or you're kind of going into that this next phase of your life where your current environment is not. The greatest place for growth or your development, and that that kind of sounds like um, a lot of people's college moves. Definitely, I mean, college moving—that's one of the kind of American iconic moves where it's expected. Like, I think in American culture, it's expected you'll go off to college, and so I went to community college for a couple of years, and so that was my journey was a little different, and so. But I was able to stay in my college town for seven years. And I did that with a variety of different jobs. I did that with living with a lot of roommates. I think anyone who lives in the Bay Area, they know about the woes of living with like two to five roommates in an old Victorian. And it's hard. Um, I, I think that it's, that's just the NorCal condition in a lot of ways. Like if you're not already wealthy, then you have to find various ways to keep working. And so after about seven years, as much as it was hard for me to leave the Bay Area slash Santa Cruz, Toby and I were running out of money, really. And so Toby's family is from Los Angeles. And so around age 27, I was kind of tired of being poor. Like I had spent the first couple years living off of like pasta and apples, just like not like really scrimping and saving. And because the rent was so high. And so Toby's family was like, well, if you come and live in LA, like we can help you out for a bit and then you can figure out what you want to do and it's fine. And I there was a large part of me that didn't want to leave NorCal because it was all I'd ever known. Like I had loved, I'd grown to love NorCal and I still do. And so Southern California is a completely different world for those who are from California or those who are listening outside of California. It's like the state is kind of split into two. It's like SoCal and NorCal. And so my college roommate, Teresa is from LA and she had encouraged the move a bit and I was like, you know, I think we can try it out and it's not permanent. 
this is just a stepping stone to get us where we need because we wanted to see if we could make it up in San Francisco, but that was not realistic. And so we opted to move to Los Angeles. So in 2019, the beginning of 2019, I went to Austin to visit my friend Heidi. And then I went to Chicago to just see what was around. It was kind of like my last travel hurrah before starting a life in LA. And so I moved to LA and it was really interesting because there are parts of LA that I really enjoy, but I found that I couldn't live there long-term. Uh, I complained about the heat constantly. <laughs> and um, there's a kind of hyper individualism that I feel like LA has that Northern California doesn't. Not to say that people aren't hyper individualistic there, but I find that it's very fast paced. It was very hard to find employment there. It was just an interesting kind of vibe. Have you ever watched that movie Crash that won the Oscar? Yeah, yeah. There's this line that I love, and I think it's about LA, but it's I, it's about a city where people just go on about their daily lives and do all their, you know, their normal routines and everything, but they never touch. And that's mm -hmm. like a big missing element. Um, and when someone does touch, it's like, it's like mind boggling. Um, so it's just a metaphor, but for me that, that definitely reminds me of LA. It's like this very bustling city where like, I don't feel that people really connect on a deeper, um, deeper level, unless they, you know, unless they make the effort to do so. But I feel like a lot of it is surface level and superficial, like, hi, how are you? And doesn't really like peel back the layers of other people. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Small talk, our favorite, but I, <laughs> I find that like in LA, it was LA embraces hustle culture in a way that I've never seen before. And I think that is noble in some ways, but I also think that it's hard to make, it is hard to make connections in LA. I mean, it has the most of everything. And I was really lucky to find to find friendship in Anu and all of our other mutual friends. Like I was extremely lucky to do that. I was lucky to continue my friendship with Therese and find friendship with other artists. And in some ways I'm like, how did that happen? Because LA doesn't really, it, it's not really exactly a place where you can easily access social hubs. But I, I felt really lucky that I found friendships there. And so I was like, if I can find friendship in LA, I can do it anywhere. To be honest, like I was living in LA for at least a year or so um, before I had met you, Whitney, and it had been really hard to, yeah, exactly, find those social spaces where you could meet people. And, you know, I was like trying meetups and all those things, but I never really connected with, with anyone. Um, so I definitely get that. And I'm, I'm also super lucky to have met you and you know, many of our close friends. And I think it's one of those things where in every, in every environment and every space, there's always these little pockets that exist where you can find community. So even in my high school, which was really, um, it was very preppy, no diversity at all, more upper class, and that was a hard, a really hard environment to grow up in. 
for me at least, uh, being, you know, an Indian minority. And those pockets definitely exist. That's what I've come to realize. Like in my high school, when I look back, I realized that there were these kids that I wasn't really, I wasn't really friends with, but I could have found community in. And I think that's the great thing is like, wherever there's, wherever there's like a group of very similar people or wherever there's a group where you feel like you don't fit in, there are always gonna be other people like you. You just have to find them for the most part. So that that's one thing that I've learned. And that was definitely the case for, you know, meeting you and uh, other people here in LA. Like I didn't find them for maybe two years and finally I just found them. Yeah, I love your point about no matter where you are, there's always it's like there's always people who think similarly to you. Like when I was really lonely in LA, I was like, well, I can't be the only lonely person in LA. I remember in one time I was in the women's group that we had met in. And I think this was before you had joined, but I remember distinctly everyone in that group that night had complained about the lack of friendships and how lonely they were. And this was back when we were meeting in person. And being the introvert I am, I was like, oh no, like I'm so lonely too. Wah. But then I was like, okay, well, what if I just, it's that thing about like trying something new and just seeing what happens. So I said, okay, so if we're all really lonely, there's like 10 people in here, we're all really lonely. What if we just made friends with each other outside of the group? And so I think that a lot of people were scared to make the first move, including myself. Like I was like, oh, what if they want friends, but they don't want to be friends with me? Like, I don't know. And so we went out to see a movie and then that's what started uh, the group WhatsApp chat and all of that. And so that's what really, it really just takes someone being like, do you want to be friends? I mean, playground rules are still in effect as adults, really. I mean, we're very, we're very simple in a way. Just someone has to say it because we don't, we don't think it, we go throughout our lives and people are like thinking about work or their, their cats or whatever. But so that was my journey in LA. The reason why I left LA was because one, it wasn't going to be permanent. And we had already figured out that LA wasn't the final destination. And so in 2020, as uh, everyone had dealt with various things with COVID, I was in a job that was pretty toxic, if I was to be honest. And we, and with the money mismanagement and all of that, I had found that I was pretty sure I was going to have to like be let go. But I had also wanted to figure out a way to move. And so I had a meeting with my supervisor at the time and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about moving. And they were like, we don't have money to keep your position open. And like, it was way more serious than that. But I was like, okay. And so I was like, okay, well, I don't want to be unemployed in LA. So I called Toby that night and I was like, hey, so I'm going to be losing my job soon. Like, just so you know. And they were like, okay. So Toby had started looking for apartments in Chicago just to see what was out there. Just see like, we didn't anticipate finding an apartment really quickly or even finding anything at all. But it turned out that the rents in Chicago were one third or even 20% of the price of average apartment in LA. 
And so we had put in an application and we had a meeting with an agent and we got it. This was happening super quickly where we went from, I don't know what to do about my job situation to, I guess, we're moving to Chicago. And so it was this intersection where opportunity met chance, met everything's falling apart, met like all these different things. So it was an interesting time. So like two days later, I go to my boss and I'm like, so it's okay if you lay me off because I'm, I'm leaving anyway. So that was that. So it seems like it was a very circumstantial move. You're... Yeah, in a lot of ways it was. Like I, we had known that we wanted to try living in Chicago anyway because we had visited once during the during the snow season, and we were doing touristy things and in Chicago in the snow. We went to Millennium Park. We went to museums. We went and ate various foods. Like we just, I think Californians find a lot of novelty in snow. We think it's really cute. Um, <laughs> And so I lived, I lived through my first winter in Chicago and I quite enjoyed it y'all. Like, I think it was, it was really beautiful. And maybe when I've lived here for a few years, I'll think differently, but first winter, not bad, but yeah, it definitely was circumstantial. Like I, at the time I had no, we didn't really have a timeline on when to move. We were just like, okay, we're, we're just trying to save money. And it's like, well, how much money do I have to save? Yeah. to give myself permission to move exactly. because I didn't, I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have anything lined up. We just had an apartment and we were just going to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's how it is. You know, you just have to jump in and um, you can't wait for the timing or cir- the circumstances to be perfect. Like you just have to make the move. But for me, um, yeah, I, I was in Michigan for undergrad. So you know, a good, a good two decades. And I just always had this feeling of never fitting in in Michigan. Um, It's, I talked about my high school and I would say Michigan is pretty reflective of that experience minus the upper class part. Um, It's not very diverse. There's there's less, I would say, accepting attitudes um, than, than a really liberal place like California. So um, in terms of just like really feeling comfortable in my own skin, literally, um, I didn't. So I just, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, like I said, I definitely found people and pockets where I really related with certain people and, you know, I have some of my best friends in Michigan as well, but at the end of the day, I think I just felt super depressed for a long time. And it was like an underlying depression that ran from uh, my teenage years, you know, up till when I was in my early twenties and I was just like, I need a change and I need a change in environment. And maybe this move to California is going to be sort of the thing that gets me out of this slump, (laughs) this like, this like decades um, long slump kind of. Um, So yeah, that's kind of the reason why I moved. Also, Michigan is not the best place for job opportunities, uh, especially during that time. Um, 
just the job options were super low and me being an English and psychology major, even though I had a lot of fun pursuing those majors, it really didn't open up any doors for me. And um, that opportunity to go to business school and get a practical degree, but also a degree that I had interest in was really, you know, an opportunity that I couldn't say no to. So it was a lot of things intertwining to just sort of create this, this pathway for me to go there. And same with you, like I didn't have a job or I didn't have like a, a really big plan when I got there. I just knew like, okay, grad school is my ticket to California. And I just pursued it. It is interesting because sometimes I think with us growing up in Asian households, it's like you're taught that you're supposed to have all of the pieces together before you make a risk, right? Like for me, I was raised to care about every little thing and to make a plan and be really diligent about it. But none of my moves have really gone that way, especially this one. This one by far is the most, it was where circumstances met curiosity, met I'm just going to, if I don't do this, I'll regret it. I was like, you know, we, I'd rather us move to Chicago, hate it, come back, figure something else out than not do it and be like, oh shit, we didn't do that. Right. And so for me, and I, I would think for Toby too, we just wanted to have a reset. We had both grown up in California and I felt a sense of guilt in a way because I was, as you've said, there's so many people who come to California for opportunities and there's so much in California and California has given a good quality of life to a lot of people. And for me, it was like, okay, well, where do you go when you grow up in the place that everyone wants to be in? And for me personally, I was like, well, just because you can come from different States and thrive in California, like it doesn't necessarily mean that it's for me to thrive right now. And I'm not saying that I'll never live in California again, because I, I have infinite affection for California, but I have just found a better life here in Chicago, even though I'm still kind of figuring it out. I don't really expect to have everything figured out really ever. But I found that there's been significant quality of life improvements. My depression has gotten way better. I'm continuously in treatment. I've been able to have continuity of care. I've been able to go to museums and have access to public transit. I don't own a car, so my driving anxiety is non-existent, but mostly because I've been not dealing with it. I there, It's just little things that I had wanted to go away. And Chicago just circumstantially has uh, taken that away. So Whitney, you moved during the pandemic, correct? So what was the process um, of moving, I imagine it must have been hard, just the logistics of you, you know, just taking your life from <laughs> one end of the U.S. to the other oh, while everyone else is, not everyone else, but, you know, the, the whole world is like panicking um, with this pandemic. Yeah, so I, it happened really quick. So in a, so pretty much the day we got approved for the apartment was the day that we started telling people. So that was the day I texted you about it. That was the day I texted my mom about it and she started crying. Um, that was the day I texted pretty much everyone about it that we were moving. And so everything happened really quickly and so much goes into moving, not during a pandemic, but during a pandemic, it was, we had to take extra precautions. 
we had opted to drive across the U.S. instead of fly because we have pets. And Toby had also wanted to see various parts of the U.S. that they hadn't been able to see before. And so we went through Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Nebraska, Iowa, and then finally Chicago. But just logistically, just packing up 29 years worth of stuff into a van really just is so interesting. And because I was working, I was finishing out my job, a lot of the packing had fallen to Toby, unfortunately. And so it was a lot of back and forth, like, do you want to keep this? I'm like, no, not really. And so I remember like a couple nights before we were to make the move, I had gone through various things that I had carried to a lot of houses. Like I had carried a huge box of birthday cards and letters from various people in my life, including my granddad, who had always written like, oh, study hard, save your money, like in your, in the birthday cards. And I was like, you know, I think I live in a third floor walk up and so no elevator. I was like, do I love these things enough to carry them up three flights of stairs multiple times possibly? And I was like, there's not a lot of things that I love enough to do that. And it's just the truth. And sentimental items, I there are certain things that I just like have to keep like art pieces. I really wanted to keep my art pieces, but I couldn't fit them in the van. So Toby's mom was kind of, has been kind enough to ship things to us, but it was about prioritizing, taking emotions out of items as much as possible and trading those in for a new life. I was like, okay, well, if I, if I get rid of these journals from when I was an angsty teenager that I've been carrying around for years and I don't have to carry them up the third floor walk up that I'm not taking those memories, those traumas, those whatevers into this new home. And so I can leave these in California, if that makes sense, because I believe items do carry energy. And so in the van, we had clothes, items that we couldn't have shipped or that it would be harder to have shipped, uh, laptops, um, snacks, pet items, maybe like some books, but not my whole collection because we had those shipped and just the essentials in the van. Because the thing about moving is that you never realize how much crap you have until you move. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I I have a few more moves in me. Like I, I'm sure I'll live somewhere else at some point, but I'm also like, oh, I have so much stuff that I don't need. And so I had given away a lot of old art supplies that I hadn't used in years. Like I, I had a lot of acrylic paint, for example, that I just held on to because it's hard to replace, but it is replaceable. And so I was like, you know, if I can give these to someone who they'll use it more immediately and I don't have to carry it up three flights of stairs, like it'll be okay. It was really hard to let go of things because I don't know, I just keep everything, but it was hard. Yeah. Logistically, it was and then mapping out where we were going to stay, I had opted to pay for all of the hotels or Airbnbs that we stayed at. And Toby had opted to drive because I have driving anxiety and I didn't want to drive a huge van. And so we had gone to various parts of the country. And it's interesting to see how different states were dealing with the pandemic. I think I was surprised at how cautious people were being, but they were also every so often like... Um, Utah is a more conservative state. It's a red state as of now, but it was also the prettiest state we had driven through. Like there's mountains and people are nice and they cheap gas. Like just, it's just interesting to see how different parts of the country live 
And uh, you can only see that if you drive through it. Yeah, first of all, moving during the pandemic is is super tough. So, you know, hats off to to doing that. I did like a mini. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I did a mini move um, during the pandemic and that itself was was pretty hard. I just moved like 20 minutes away from my old old uh, place. It sounds like you did like a road trip kind of to Chicago and uh, drove there, which is definitely different from my experience. Um, I flew out here with my dad actually, and I had my car shipped here. So um, in terms of like the whole driving thing, I, I kind of lucked out on that. Like I didn't have to bring everything here, but that, that also meant that I, you know, I only could bring a limited amount of things for me, for myself. So for me, I definitely had to prioritize what I wanted to bring and what I didn't want to bring. So I remember my thought process as in, as like, you know what, I just need the bare essentials. I'm going to go to California and whatever I don't have, I can just get there at some point. So I basically Googled like one of those lists that says like what you need for college. <laughs> and I was just like, I was just checking off like the essentials on the list. Um, at this time, I didn't have my dog Jojo. So it was just me at this time. And I took a lot of clothes mostly. Um, I don't know why I took a lot of clothes. It was just like an excessive amount of clothes that I took. Did you feel like you would need to change a lot or were you not sure what kind of climate you'd be in or? I think I just didn't want to leave the clothes behind because I, I felt you. like if I didn't take the clothes, they would be going to waste, you know, like clothes for me are different than like family photos or something, because if you leave family photos, you know, there's still someone at home to enjoy them, but my clothes are mine and there's no use for them if I'm not there. Do you know what I mean? So that, that was, makes sense. Yeah. That was the big thing in, in taking the clothes. And I left behind uh, most of my winter clothes, but still like every, basically every, um, every outfit, uh, outfit I could find that wasn't like a big winter coat <laughs> I took. Um, and yeah, so I took those essentials. I did take a few sentimental things like photos. Um, I took birthday cards for my best friend that, you know, mean a lot to me. I took motivational posters. I went through this stage where I had just like in my wall in Michigan had just had this wall of inspirational quotes and motivational posters. And it really helped me get through some tough times. And yeah, I was pretty eager to get out of Michigan. So I didn't feel like I needed to take a lot. I just needed to take like the bare minimum. So that was kind of my plan is take what you need. And when you get to California, you can get the rest if you, if you feel like you're missing something. And that's kind of what happened. I um, I didn't have that process of like driving. So the whole trip itself was pretty smooth for me. Just getting on a plane um, with my dad, having like one or two 
uh, pieces of luggage, and then the rest were shipped to me. And I, I believe my family also shipped, um, when they shipped my car, they shipped some things in the car, which was kind of smart. Um, that's pretty efficient. <laughs> that's the Asian way. Yeah. That is the Asian way. Yeah. So that was my process of like figuring out what I wanted to take and what I wanted to leave behind. It seems like you had, cause I know, I know you as a pretty minimalist person. And so <laughs> yeah. it's interesting to to think like, oh, when you first move it, it is hard to decipher what you'll need. I mean, the weather in California is pretty temperate. It's not as, it's not as extreme as where I am is. And so it would be easy to find different things like at a Target or whatever. And because you were in Riverside, right? You probably would have been able to just pick things up. And that was something I had to decide as well, where I had to prioritize like things I wanted and things I needed. And so with my clothes, I had brought all my clothes because growing up in NorCal, most of my wardrobe unlocks when it's cold. And so when it was hot in LA, I would wear like maybe the same 10 outfits. And so I was like, okay, well, I can wear, I can bring all my sweaters. I have so many sweaters. I can bring my, my leggings and it's like all the things that I hadn't worn for a year and a half that I lived in LA because it was too hot. I packed all my clothes up. I kept a lot of my art supplies, but things that were replaceable and not as expensive, I gave away uh, some of my books I gave away as well, books that i had had since college, like drawing books and things that I had, I felt like I'd mastered like within the books, but could pass on to someone else. Because I think the artist in me is like, oh, what if I need it for another time? But it's like, oh, you're not going to need it. Like, come on. We've had it for like five years. I gave away some mugs because we didn't have any furniture because we were we were living with Toby's family at the time. And so we we were able to leave without furniture, without all of these things. So it was really like building a new apartment with what little we had. I kept a lot of artwork that I bought from people. And that was one of the first things I did when I got to the apartment was I put together my desk and I had put up artwork just to establish that it was our apartment. I definitely think that, yeah, you have to decide, you have to kind of like draw that line where you're like, okay, I can't take this or I really, really need that. It's almost like, um, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> I don't know if this is like a weird comparison, but it's almost like when you're like that situ that metaphor of like when you're in a fire and you have to decide what you're going to take out of the house and what you're not. And you only have a few things to, to take with you. Obviously you have more stuff, but it is really just like bearing down to what you feel are the essentials. Um, so about going to Chicago, like what were your first impressions of the state. And I also know that your cats were in your road trip with you and um, they they were not too pleased either. So what were yeah. your impressions as well? So first with Rose and Pearl, Rose and Pearl are troopers. We also had Toby's rats too. Toby has a, has two, two rats that were excellent travelers. Rats are very adaptable. They're very adorable. Rose Quartz and Pearl hated traveling, but they did it. We had driven them from Santa Cruz to LA and they pretty much were terrified and slept through the rest of the trip. But with the road trip, it was continuous. And so when we 
we found pet friendly hotels throughout the journey and they had a break in a hotel room. We bought them a, in LA. We bought them a little cactus soft bed, uh-huh. kind of like as a I'm sorry gift. And we thought that they could like cuddle in the cactus and they didn't, they didn't really use it as much during the road trip, but now they live in it. Like Pearl just, it's like her little portable carrying case where she'll, she'll go in the cactus and then every so often we'll like pick it up and walk her around the house in the cactus. It's really sweet. And so Rose and Pearl, they, uh, I wouldn't say they're the best travelers, but they're not the worst travelers. Like they didn't run out or anything. I think they were too scared to do so, which is fine by me. They wouldn't use the bathroom until we stopped. That was one thing that I noticed. I gave Rose pieces of bacon and that's her favorite thing and she wouldn't eat it. I think she was scared. We thought that by being with us and driving with us, it would be easier than having them in like a cargo hall in a, in a plane. So that was one of the reasons why we did it the way we did was because we didn't want them to put them through the trauma of being shipped even or or whatever. So it minimized the, uh, the amount of people they ran into. Yeah. And I just want to say, um, you know, anyone who's shipping their pets to another state or another location, like be very careful because I've heard some horror stories and I had actually met this man on, I think on one of my vacations and he was telling me about his cat that he had shipped and, um, I guess they put the animals in a certain section of the plane and basically the cat had frozen and basically died of the cold. Uh, so yeah, definitely be very careful in, in, in shipping your pets because you know, they're, they're living animals and you don't really know exactly how the environment is going to be for them. Like, are they going to be treated like um, a piece of cargo or I'm pretty sure there's not like someone keeping watch on them, like the pet watch. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We were super paranoid about the safety of our pets. And so that I had heard similar stories to like, I'd heard of people who shipped their pets and it was fine. And I'd heard of people who had shipped their pets and they died. And so I was like, well, it's just, we're just not going to deal with it because if we, if we're with the pets all the time, at least we have control of that. And so that was the biggest thing. And so here they are. I mean, Rose is sitting next to me meowing at me. I think she wants attention, but yeah, so they're fine. Um, so first impressions of Chicago. I, I got here in October, so it was fall in Chicago and it was beautiful. I had seen so many pictures of fall in the East Coast and Midwest and fall is my favorite season in California. And so I was really excited to experience fall and I thought it was great. Uh, there were leaves everywhere. It was like these beautiful, like orange, yellow, kind of really bright. It was perfect weather in my opinion. It was kind of crisp. It was like sweater weather. I could wear all my sweaters and I, I loved it. And in NorCal, it's, it's cloudy mostly, but sometimes it rains and it's really hot. In LA, it's perpetual summer. In Chicago, it was really quiet because of the pandemic. And so it gave me time to kind of reflect and adjust on what I had just done. And so I, I loved it. Because my first time in Chicago, remember, it was in the dead of winter. And so I, had, I, I knew what I'd signed up for. When I moved to California, I just had like these stars in my eyes and this image of how it was going to be like 
California is this place where people wear shorts all the time. They go to the beach, you know, they're just like sitting pretty in their sunglasses. And I was really looking forward to that. So then I moved to Riverside and Riverside is a desert, <laughs> has no beaches. Um, the name is very, very misleading because it has no river. And I really was under the impression that it had a river. And I was just nope. like, I was I was inland yeah I was like what the heck why even name it Riverside if it doesn't have any body of water near it but anyways um yeah so I I definitely came over here with this expectation of this glamour and even when I moved out to LA um, after grad school a couple of years later the glamour really faded away very quickly um So for me, my first impression was definitely just like overwhelming joy getting to California because it's always been my dream state out of any other place in the country. Like this is where I've always wanted to live. And um, it also has a very big media industry and is known for that. And I also wanted to eventually work within media um, and work in the industry in in some sort of uh, business capacity. So I came here with that expectation of glamour and it it definitely did not meet my expectations. And um, even Hollywood, man, like Hollywood, downtown LA, like, I I mean, I've I've lived here for a couple of years now and I can't really find the glamour. Um, Once you you live here, the magic fades pretty quick. And that's so interesting, isn't it? Like I find that growing up in California, like I I lived by the Monterey Bay Aquarium, which is iconic. And I I grew up just being able to go to the aquarium whenever I wanted. And so that was a privilege, but I had met people from all over the world who had just traveled on a plane for 10 hours to like come see the aquarium. And for me it was just every day. I think the same with LA, like it's, I, I remember a lot of kind of the subjects of small talk when I was about to move there, they were like, people were like, oh, you might see celebrities. And yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple celebrities, but they're just regular people. Like they're not, unless you're in the business, like you're not seeing like red carpet moments, like celebrities are just people. Like you'll yeah. catch people getting gasoline or you'll catch people getting a Starbucks or something. And it's just, it's just life. I I definitely agree. Like downtown LA is one kind of culture shock moment was that for LA from Santa Cruz was that people don't hang out in downtown LA. Mm -hmm. They live there and they work there, but they don't hang out there. Like nobody has ever said like, oh, meet me in downtown LA. Like we'll go to a bar or something, but it's, it's kind of like a commuter kind of part of LA. I felt like. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, yeah, it's total concrete jungle. And some people thrive there. It's just, it just kind of, kind of depends. But I wouldn't say it's as glamorous as, uh, as we've made it out to be. I think California as a Californian, uh, I can say this is very good at making it seem like it's more glamorous than it is. It's like the best kept secret. It is. It is the best kept <laughs> secret. That's how we get you. It's exactly like movie magic. You're like, wow, this movie is amazing. And then you like take <laughs> out the green screen and like, oh, 
that's all there is like it's literally that (laughs) (laughs) like this is just like any other place um so yeah but one one really great thing about California is its diversity and that was one thing I noticed from Michigan because Michigan was very um you know it was majority Caucasian with like a sprinkling of minorities uh here and there and even that sprinkling was pretty it was a pretty light sprinkling. So um, in California, it was flipped on its head. For me, it felt like moving to another planet. And there's no exaggeration when I say that, like I was in a cultural, like in a cultural shock because I had never been to a place in the U.S. where the minorities had become the majority. And just the diversity and people from all of these different backgrounds and countries in California was just amazing to see. And yeah, it, it was also very easy to fit in and feel comfortable because I, a lot of people are transplants and um, a lot of people have come from these really different and unique backgrounds. So. Um, I think as a whole, the culture here is pretty accepting of uh, other cultures and um, other people's backgrounds, which is great. And so I definitely give California credit for that. And ultimately, I would say that I'm really happy with my decision to move here. Um, You know, like I, I definitely roast uh, California and LA quite a bit, but I feel like my life would have taken a very different path if I hadn't moved. When I was in my early 20s in Michigan, I had no idea, you know, like what I was doing. I didn't have any purpose at all, had no idea where my career was going. I really like didn't have a good sense of myself as a person and what I wanted. And so moving over here was just like this opportunity to be super independent. You know, if I, if I metaphorically fell, no one was there to pick me up and I just had to get up and keep moving. And I think that really made me resilient. Looking back, I'm really happy that I made that decision. Um, I think it's a decision I look back on and think that if I didn't move, I would be living a completely different life right now. I may be married. I might be on this pathway that is great, but it's just not the pathway that I would have wanted. You know, I feel like I wouldn't have been ready for that pathway, but I would have done it anyways. Um, because that was my environment. And in that environment, that would have felt like the thing to do, but it might not have been the best thing for me as a person to do. And I really don't think it was. So I'm really grateful to have moved and to have gotten the opportunity to live this pathway because a lot of people don't. So for that, I'm just super super thankful that I moved to California. Seems like it was something that you had to do for your personal growth. I think, I think I'm a believer in you have to, you should leave your hometown 
at least once you can always come back like even for me it's like it's not like Toby and I are banned from California like we can always come back if we decide that we want to live in perpetually hot weather but um yeah it's definitely I definitely agree with all of the things you said I I think that Chicago in the short time I've been here has has given me a quality of life that was not accessible for me in California and there are some things I I miss about California and but I really enjoy being here in Chicago. Like yesterday, I was able to go to the Art Institute of Chicago and I had seen paintings that I had only seen on the internet or learned about in art school. And to see those in person and just to be like 20 minutes away from access to that, like that was incredible for me. And I have I have a new day job that I quite enjoy so far and I have people who seem to enjoy working with me. And I think that's that's great too. Like I... I do think that if you don't take that chance, then you can always, you might regret it. And so what had helped me was that I visualized like what an ideal week in the new city would be for me. Like before we moved to Chicago, I was like, okay, well, it's, and it's, it doesn't even have to be anything glamorous or anything. Like I was like, okay, well, I'll wake up. I'll probably get on the train to go to work. I'll be able to save up money. I'll be able to have a better quality of life in all these various ways. I won't own a car. It's a big one. I feel like had I stayed in California, I would be wondering about various parts of the U.S. And it, Chicago has shown me that there are other places that a Californian can thrive in. And California is a very liberal city. There is a lot of diversity. I would say that the diversity in California versus Chicago is very different. I think that there, Chicago has different neighborhoods where it might be it might be a little more segregated looking or feel more segregated. But in many ways, I've met people who are just really nice and they'll chat with you and they'll help you out. Like I I never felt any discrimination like because I came from California or because I'm I'm Asian or or whatever. Like and that that was really cool. In California, I had felt that quite a bit, even though I had lived in a very diverse area so yeah and it sounds like you've sort of found your pocket in Chicago right like this this pocket of space where this diversity does exist um and you feel this acceptance too yeah I think for the most part like I it's like a puzzle right where it's like you find different pieces like I think because of the pandemic some things were kind of put on hold like I I haven't yet found like new friends in Chicago but I found but I have the job and I have the apartment and I have the cool area and I'm able to go places so it's like the puzzles coming together so I I hope in time it'll it'll come together even more especially as things start to open up and as uh, people get vaccinated because when I first uh, moved here I was like oh yeah we just moved here and people were like oh well it's normally way more lively than it is now so people were a lot of people who were locals to Chicago they were like oh just wait just wait until next year like it'll you're gonna have so many festivals and there's so much to do like I I keep hearing like if if you're born in Chicago it means that you're boring because there's always something to do for free or cheap and I love free and cheap so yeah I I'm finding I'm starting to find different things to to do and 
So I, I quite enjoy it. So anyone who's thinking about leaving their hometown, even for a little bit, and you don't even need like a quote unquote good reason to move. Like when I was leaving LA, people were, they thought I was going to school or going to a job. And I thought I was going to go to grad school for a long time because I was raised to go to grad school, but I, I'm not in grad school. Um, I moved here because I thought it would be fun. Toby and I just, we, we thought it would be fun. And that was the real reason. And I didn't really have anything keeping me in LA. So that was really the main reason. So you don't, you don't even need a good reason to make a life change. It, it takes a lot of planning and privilege and things. So to be able to move, but you can do it. Yeah, exactly. And something that you had said to me um, at another time sort of rings true. You, you had said that sometimes in a certain environment, like you're, you have like this space for growth and at some point um, there's no more room for growth. Like you've done everything you could in that place or environment for your personal development. And there might just not, it, it might just not be conducive to growing as a person. And that really resonated with me. Like a lot of people say environment is one of the biggest influencers in your life. And I really believe so. I, I feel like your environment, the people you surround yourself with or the people you are surrounded by, they can really impact you. They can impact your self-esteem. They can you know, impact your decisions in life. So that resonates a lot with me that you can sort of have this expiration date on a place. Um, and that doesn't mean that you'll never go back there or move there. Or maybe that could be the, the destination that you end up. Maybe that's the end game. I don't know. But like at that point in time, like it feels like you've done everything you could as a person in that location and you have to move somewhere else. And that's certainly what it felt like for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. Like I really felt like I had learned everything I could learn in the pockets that I was in, in various parts of California. And so I had known, I had known that I wanted to make a more radical change rather than moving from one coast to another, to the other side of the coast. Like I had wanted to just completely reset completely. And that's sometimes that's what you need to really discover different parts of you or a new version of yourself that you never really knew existed. I mean, I, when Toby and I moved, like if you had asked me, like we've been together for eight years, like eight years ago, like, Oh, do you think you're going to move to Chicago with this person? I'd be like, Psh, I don't know. But now it's like, yeah, it's like making these various journeys. So life takes you in different ways and you can say yes to different opportunities if you think they're good for you. And, um, yeah, it's good to embrace them. And I think as, especially as Asian Americans, like I think about this because I say like, when I first told my mom that I was moving, she like was really upset about it. And I, there was a, a little bit of guilt there. Cause I was like, Oh, like I am, I, I acknowledge what I leave behind. Like I leave, I leave behind my, my family. Uh, Cause I was born and raised here. Most of my family lives in California. Um, I leave behind my friends that I've had throughout my entire life. Like my entire life is in California. So I had to kind of reframe that where I was like, okay, well, it's not leaving them behind. Like you're not, like you're never, 
I fully intend to stay committed in various aspects of my life in California. It's just an adjustment and you just rebuild. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like this final thing. Yeah. Can I just say that Asian parents have this really amazing trait where they can really make people feel guilty for for doing quite normal things. Asian parent guilt is a superpower like no other. I just Asian parent guilt is something else like, you know, I'm I'm in my late 20s now and I'll still get like if I don't call my uh, my mom like every every day or every other day she'll she'll be like you know, I'm so worried about you. Like, what's going on? Are you okay? Are you eating well? And all of this is coming out of love and concern, right? But it also is like, mom, I'm just working. <laughs> like, I'm just like... I have a life. I'm in a different time zone. Like, I'm also in a different yeah. time zone. And I'm just working and getting through this quarantine and pandemic period and nothing is wrong. You know, sometimes I just am like my moody self and just want personal space and mm-hmm. um yeah the yeah just the the guilt that um especially Asian parents can bring up is is impressive I would say it's an incredible like I one that my mom likes to use and this I think when I was younger it was very like she would pull it out all the time like I would say something like, you know how kids are like they just say stupid crap all the time and as a teenager you say stupid crap and as an adult you say stupid crap I remember like I've said various things and my mom just kind of looks at me and she just dead looks at me and says, when I'm dead and gone, <laughs> like when I'm dead and gone, you're going to remember this conversation and you're going to wish you could apologize to me. And that was just like, that was one that she would use a lot. She still uses it every once in a while. Um, she'll, she'll text me and she'll be like, oh, why haven't you called? And it's like, well, First of all, different time zone. Second of all, just, yeah, just working, living life and doing the things. That is, yeah, I mean, as as someone who's not going to be a parent, that is one thing that I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss out on like developing that Asian parent guilt. Yeah. That is something that I give up. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah, it is wonderful. Um, it is wonderful for the person instilling the guilt, I guess. Um, but pass yeah. it on to your children and they pass it on to their children. <laughs> You have to keep the traditions alive, you know? Yes. So we we talked about our experiences. I think moving is something that is so relatable for a lot of people. Um, probably everyone goes through a couple moves during their lifetime. Do you have any personal advice from, you know, your uh, experiences about moving? The biggest piece of advice is research the location. This is practical advice and then I'll go into personal advice. So practical advice is you should research the location before you go because I felt better about moving to Chicago after visiting. So if you get a chance to kind of try before you buy it, like it works out. We had decided that if we could love Chicago in the dead of winter, we can love it any other time of the year. And so that was one of the other things that kind of drove us to do it. Yeah. Visualize a typical day in the new city. Like there are certain places that I would I would thrive in and certain places that I wouldn't thrive in just by visualizing like what my day would be like. Like if I lived in a larger city that relied on cars, then I don't know if I'd have as great of a quality of life because that's a big deal to me. Uh, personal advice is 
I think if your curiosity, one day your curiosity will end up outweighing your anxiety at some point. And so that was what happened for me where it was like, okay, well, circumstances and curiosity and all of that, like that's what really pushed me over the edge to decide to move. And so I think that if you're in that boat, I think you should seriously consider it because you can always, you can always find a way home. Like it's, as long as you maybe another practical piece is if you budget for like a ticket home, like if you're not sure, like maybe you give yourself an expiration date, like, oh, I'll live there for six months. And if I hate it, I'll use my ticket of home to go home. Like, so there's different ways that you can try it out. I guess one of my life mottos is to just take the path of least regrets. That's kind of how I live my life. Um, and also how I make a lot of important decisions in my life. I think to myself, okay, am I going to look back in five or 10 years and regret not making this decision or regret um, taking this taking this course of action? Um, and I always try to intuitively try to do the thing that feels right for me. And I typically think that if you're going to look back on your life and wonder what could have happened if you had taken that job, if you had pursued that relationship, or if you had moved to this place and started a new job. And if you look back on those moments and you regret it, I feel like that's a big sign. So for me, in terms of visualization, like I just think of the future and think of would I regret not taking the jump in this particular scenario? And whenever I come from like a place of fear, or uncertainty, I'm, I, I definitely take that into account. And I'm like, no, I actually, I actually really want to do this. Um, yes, I'm, I'm scared and doubtful about doing it um, because it's, it is a big jump for me, but you don't, always have to be completely ready to do something. And that is definitely true for moving. Sometimes you just have to make the to make the decision and go through with it. And you'll figure things out along the way. So there's no such thing as this perfect time to do anything. And um, as we talked about in terms of the environment, that is such a huge influencer of your life and your decision making. Um, so I always just think, put yourself in a really great environment where you feel like you're set up to succeed and you feel like you can really embody the best version of yourself. Absolutely. That does it for another episode of Building Community. Uh, we hope you like this episode and if you can relate in terms of moving or in terms of being a transplant, let us know. You can email us at our Gmail, buildcommunity at gmail.com. Please follow us on social media and give us five-star reviews if you like this episode anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next episode.